So have you ever heard that uh, saying that goes, life is a journey, enjoy every moment? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So what do you, what's like your interpretation? Because like, I think of that and like, remember I think of it, I automatically think of life is a highway, that song. <laughs> and then it brings me to think about the movie Cars. See, I always think of, um, I always think of the scene in Kung Fu Panda where uh, Poe is talking to um, Ugwe and he's talk- he's saying, he says this old Chinese maxim, he says, yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery, and today's a gift. That's what we call the present. So I think of a different animated movie by a rival com- animation company. Uh, well, that makes sense. And also, Ugwe is a good segue into uh, Ancient Reptiles, which is what we're talking about today on Bathtub Full of Questions. Yes, we are excited for another episode. And this week, actually, I'm sorry, TJ, I, I don't want to be that guy, but to correct you, actually, Ancient um, Archosaurs, which is a which is a branch of reptile, but more closely related to birds. Um, it's well, a bit of a yeah. mis- no. <laughs> I mean, Everybody knows that dinosaurs are more closely related to birds who has taken a biology class, but I was really just kind of stretching it there. I know you are taking a dinosaur class. I semester, so you're gonna am. Way leaps and bounds ahead of me on dinosaur information yeah we don't need a guest star this week because i'm the i'm the resident dinosaur expert <laughs> yeah the theropods ornithischians whatever you want to talk about i'm game um but yeah we're gonna talk about um why we love dinosaurs um some of our favorite stuff that involves dinosaurs whether that's movies or video games or whatever um and then we're gonna after the break go into some of our favorite dinosaurs so without further ado let's dive right in All right, TJ. I think it's we should just get right into it. Where did your love of dinosaurs start? Okay. This, for me, is something that I've thought about a little bit. And I think that um, young people, they fall into, like, when, you, when you're talking about things that are normally associated with, like, young boys, what their interests are, fall into two categories. And it either starts out and you're a dinosaur kid or you're, like, a race car kid. Yep. And so for me, me, that was, I was a dinosaur kid when I was growing up. So this is pretty exciting. I feel like you probably were a dinosaur kid. You kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, what, how could you tell? (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, a couple other friends that I know are dinosaur kids. But for me, so I remember back my second birthday party, my birthday cake, dinosaur themed, decorated on top of it were little plastic dinosaurs. And every single gift that I got that year was either dinosaur themed or like a multitude of these little plastic dinosaurs. And I would set them up in the basement and I would just like play with the dinosaurs for hours. Hmm. And so that was, that's when I started for me, like when I was young. So you just would open presents and there'd just be a whole new set of dinosaurs, new sets of all different kinds of dinosaurs. Like it was just amazing for me. See, I, I think like the big distinction between, dinosaur people and car guys i think like you can pretty much split guys into two camps pretty like people who love guys who love cars and like planes and trucks or whatever when they're younger and people who love dinosaurs i think the dinosaur guys tend to be like a little more creative because like we have to imagine these animals interacting with each other versus you can just kind of push a car along the like ground That, that makes sense i feel that and i mean for me like i love dinosaurs for me um i just have this little playroom in the basement and I 
always had a really big imagination. I would have a ton of little Legos and I would and act out stories. And sometimes I'd go to the bathtub or the sandbox and there'd be these epic sagas spanning months of these Lego characters interacting and there'd be Lego dinosaurs. And sometimes I'd use plastic dinosaurs. So I, you're just I, crossing the universes with the different mediums of entertainment. Oh, totally. Plastic Legos, maybe uh Lincoln logs. Did you ever have Lincoln logs? Yeah, I wasn't so much Lincoln log. That's more uh, of a car guy thing. I think. Well, we had them. Maybe it's just cause I'm from Minnesota and it's out in the woods, all the woods <laughs> and the Northern lights log and cabins. The, you'd, you'd actually, the, since uh, the adults had their cabins and the kids, to survive had to make their own leaking log cabins when yeah. winter would come when the long night would approach every every winter yeah but yeah that's when my dinosaur journey started and then i played with um little plastic dinosaurs for years and that was great i uh, i had an interesting evolution where um so i i started out loving dinosaurs i think as early as elementary school uh, my friend and I would would write a, a newspaper called the Daily Dino, where <laughs> we would have stories and, and facts about dinosaurs. Um, and then I really got into media about it. So we could talk a little bit more about this later. But uh, there's a show called Prehistoric Planet, uh, narrated by Ben Stiller, that I really love to listen to. Um, but over time, it went from it went from dinosaurs to I really began to love Ice Age mammals like the megafauna like woolly mammoths, woolly rhinos, saber-toothed tigers. Uh -huh. And then it became endangered species and then cryptids oh. more towards middle school. Um, hence, like literally every pick of mine is like cryptozoology movies or dinosaurs or something nerdy like that. Um, but that makes sense for your biology major and um, all, the all the different classes that you're taking and everything. It certainly helps as a uh, ecology, evolution, and organismal biology. Oh yeah, so Major. it's even even more intense than regular biology. And the dinosaur class I'm in has been really sweet. Like we talk about their behavior and and new studies and and sort of rethinking the ways that dinosaurs were because a lot of other people know this, but probably a lot of dinosaurs that you loved we either didn't look the way that you think, had feathers, or did never live together. Um, but we'll talk. We can talk more about that later. But yeah, I um. There's just something about dinosaurs that lends itself to the imagination of a young child. Like, I don't know if it's their massive size or yeah, like how cool human they children look. children are so small, but then, like, you would try to imagine a dinosaur that's larger than your house when you're a kid. Like, it's crazy. And, like, yeah, it just lends itself so to imagination and in this lost world that um, once existed and is no longer. Like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of – there's, like, a lot of TV show and movies that sort of play into that, too. I remember – just to move into more like our favorite dinosaur related stuff. I remember loving um, Jurassic Park, obviously. Oh, yes. I feel like anybody who <clears throat> loved dinosaurs as a kid or even loves dinosaurs still now, Jurassic Park is like a major influence. And it really just capitalized on that love of dinosaurs for so many people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And 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 even what like I, I recently rewatched um, – so I had over quarantine while my house was quarantining, I had a film class where I would go through a lot of classic popular films for some friends who had never seen them. And we went to Jurassic Park and I even loved how the, um, I even loved how the archaeologists and the paleontologists were getting excited seeing dinosaurs. Like they were like big, like big kids being excited. And I remember watching it and thinking the T-Rex was so cool and menacing and the velociraptors were, were, were terrifying. And, but it was so yeah. cool to like, I just I just remember wanting Jurassic Park to be real so badly. Oh, I would have I would have been there in a heartbeat. I would I would have probably applied for a full-time job to work there. It's like Deadly Disney World. Yeah, and what can be better than that? 
And, and it's interesting too, because like Jurassic World sort of paints on the, you know, people would get bored with dinosaurs. They got to come up with some cool new Disney strategy room monster, like uh, Indominus Rex. Yeah. I don't know. How did you feel about Jurassic World compared to Jurassic Park? You know, I think that Jurassic Park was so good because it started off like really just pretty niche kind of where it was like, we're going to make just this one little thing. And it had a great theme song too. And it was just, um, I think Jurassic World got a little bit, I would say too theatrical. Yeah. That's, that's what the word I would use. I'd say it got too theatrical for me. It was cool seeing like all the action and everything, but I feel like that's just because like the whole kind of movie universe now is shaped by so much action. Like you have to be stimulated at every single second, which Jurassic Park did have that action, but also seemed to have some of that education as well. Yeah. I, I got the feeling you're right, that it was more about of, out of a love of dinosaurs than Jurassic World, more of a box office bent. Like how can we put, make dinosaurs kill people in cool ways or have a Mosasaur? jump out of the water and, and eat eat Eden indominus rex, rex. yeah and, and like you know like and then the t-rex comes out on top all the time as yeah it does in, um, jurassic park as well and there's that that scene in jurassic park 2 where the t-rex gets loosed in san diego you remember that did you see that, lost world i saw it but that's the one i've probably seen the least i've seen probably jurassic park 3 more than i've seen jurassic park 2 <laughs> when they were when they returned to um isla sorna and like one guy is stealing the velociraptor eggs and the velociraptors chase him through the whole thing. Oh yeah. And, and that's, um, they bring back the guy, um, Dr. Grant, right? Yep. From yeah. the first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That one. I, I like that one better than two. Cause Vince, like Vince Vaughn in a dinosaur movie is just weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vince Vaughn is, he's one of those comedic actors that anytime I see him in a regular movie, I, I can't take it seriously. Yeah, he's just the same character in every movie. He yeah. just like shows up on set it's and starts like, talking. It's kind of like Nick Cage, where he's like, he's no matter what movie he's in, it's always he's playing himself, pretty much. No, totally. Yeah, I, Chris Pratt brought some likable energy to the movie, but I, I don't know if it was just it wasn't crazy good. There was this um, when I when I was in my dinosaur phase, um, and I used to travel in car rides. I had this DVD set of this show, like I mentioned earlier, called Prehistoric Planet. Mm-hmm. And Ben Stiller would narrate these stories about dinosaurs. Yeah. Of like, there'd be like, um, like there's one about a T-Rex raising her young. And there's another one about like Jurassic water, reptile, aquatic reptiles and like ichthyosaurs and mosasaurs. And I, and then they came out with another season and it was narrated by Christian Slater. And it was like age of the mammal stuff. Like, um, wow. Woolly mammoths and, um, else like early primates and andrew sarkis like this big hyena wolf predator and wolves turning into whales it was just a really it was just such a cool show and it was it was nerdy but also accessible for like a 12 year old like me yeah that's pretty cool speaking again uh still of dinosaur movies do you remember uh the movie dinosaur from uh it was disney and it was or was it dreamworks maybe i don't even i think it was disney because that's the only ride at Animal Kingdom I remember. And I remember the ride more than the movie, you know, where you're in the oh. Jeep. I don't know if you went to Di- ever been to Disney World, but you get in this Jeep and you're like rushed through this like dark uh, Cretaceous forest. <laughs> and there's like all these dinosaurs lurch out at you. And it used to give me night. Like apparently I was terrified the first time, <laughs> but that's because you, you like had to go back in time to save an iguanodon from um, 
the KT extinction event or the death of the dinosaurs. Oh um, yeah. And yeah, it's this wild romp through the, through a Cretaceous jungle. Yeah. I remember loving that movie when I was little, I would watch it. I would want to watch it all the time just because of like, it had all the dinosaurs. It had the action and like just seeing whatever, like that film adaptation of like, it's obviously super fictional of the dinosaurs, but it was for me, it was just so cool. Like seeing like the big herd of all the different kinds of them was so awesome. Yeah, wasn't he like friends with lemurs or something? Yeah, he was raised by lemurs when he was like a baby or something like that. Which lemurs, <laughs> lemurs did not like, no. lemurs did not exist until like probably like the, yeah, it was like not very Cenozoic. Yeah, like not late historically Cenozoic. accurate at all. Well, and and don't doesn't he like survive the meteorite strike? Yep. Yeah, they like actually a bunch of them survived the meteorite strike by like swimming away or they're sitting <laughs> on this island. Like they were. They were so close to the meteorite that I don't know in any such universe. Because like if you, if you could see it hitting the ground, like like you where would they be, did, you'd yeah. be done. Where they're like, there's a scene where like lifting them. What's that? And there's this massive, like probably Pluto-sized rock, just like, and he's like running through the woods and dodging like, oh, no. like meteors and jumps yeah. in the water. Yeah, they um. And the funny thing is there's a lot of misunderstandings about the, the KT extinction event, which is how scientists refer to the death of the dinosaurs. Um, it wasn't like this meteorite. So there was this giant meteorite that hit. It was a part of Mexico. I'm blanking on the name right now. But it struck. Um, and most people think it just struck and killed everything immediately. But what happened is it, it the meteor hitting changed Earth's atmosphere so much that these lar- like pretty much no large organisms could survive. So hmm. like these dinosaurs, these massive derived um, theropods and ornithischians, which were the two families of dinosaurs, they were so big that they couldn't survive in these like large, like in like a very changed atmosphere, very changed climate. Uh, and it was more of a, probably a gradual dying off than it was a massive cataclysmic uh, single week killing everything yeah, off. Thing. That seems like it that makes w- more sense. Yeah. Cause like if it could kill everything, then why would anything be left, you know? Yeah. Versus like, and that's where, um, like small mammals, so uh, like conodonts, which is a, a family of small mammals, um, were, and cynodonts were able to survive and then diversify into large mammals, and then the mammals we see on Earth today. Um, so yeah, dinosaurs is debunked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like any anything that says, "Oh yeah, the meteor came and killed killed everything immediately," is just obviously not true. And I feel like that would kind of be like if the Yellowstone supervolcano went off, not everything would die immediately. There'd be like all the ash thrown into the air. Yeah, yeah. Change a lot of stuff, and that would be a gradual dying off of things in within the certain vicinity. Obviously, was that um, was that the plot of the movie 2012? Was like the it was not just the Yellowstone supervolcano, but it was like um, shifting of continents, like huge tsunamis, like everything was happening based on um a shift in the earth's core and solar flares from the sun throwing off like the electromagnetic balance and like the poles were, were switching and it was just like this huge event and just all happened on an election year. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, um, but then they had to like make their way to like Nepal or Yemen or something to get on these big manufactured ships to survive. Kind of like World War Z. Yeah. And then Woody Harrelson was sitting in Yellowstone and screaming at the, um, volcano as it exploded and he just like got smoked by a big chunk of debris i 
Do you remember just being terrified in middle school of the world ending? I I wasn't. It was like seventh grade. <laughs> I think I was like, I, I don't think if you really sat me down and talked to me about it, I don't think I would have said I think the world was going to end. But at that age, there's still like a bit of an irrational fear of like, what could happen? I don't know. We should base yeah. the end of the world off of a Mayan calendar of an extinct Mesoamerican people group. Yeah, I feel like I never felt that it was gonna i mean i'm just built different i probably would have survived yeah. <laughs> yeah you probably would probably would have been john cusack not woody harrelson <laughs> yeah in that movie are there any other like popular things with dinosaurs i mean land before time oh la- oh land <laughs> before time wow that is bringing back some memories i watch that all the time um man that was great but yeah that's about all I can think of. I mean, like, you brought up video games before, but is it just video games based on movies? <laughs> yeah, like, I think so. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's books, like encyclopedias. You can look up all the stuff about dinosaurs. There, oh, I got Wait, you go first, but I've got one. Okay, I was going to say, there was this expansion of Zoo Tycoon where you could have dinosaurs, and you could um, you could dig up fossils and regenerate them. Um, and, like, you'd have a T-Rex paddock but like you have next to the panda so you could have all kinds of animals it was just <laughs> awesome and then you could like block the exit and let the dino- t-rex free when you ran out of money <laughs> and just so let like, him loose oh my goodness on the on and to the terror lizard to unleash horror upon um the peoples of the my imaginary of zoo. zoo yeah the patrons of the zoo wow well i got two things to go off of that so um i went to the columbus zoo last weekend for the hey first yo! time ever. happiest place on earth I was trying to, uh, we went to the Congo exhibit to check out the Congo food court that you bring up all the time. Uh-huh. But um, they closed the Congo exhibit early due to Boo at the Zoo being there. And so I didn't even get to go in and see the gorillas or anything like that in the Congo. Oh, because I talked about how they played um, Remember Me from Gladiator. On the, did I, I, were you there? Yeah, I th- that was yeah. a couple podcasts ago. Yeah. I felt like I was going in to fight the gorilla, not look at it through glass and... <laughs> make eye contact with the silverback and have him get angry at me. Yeah. But I was very upset. Cause that was one of the things I was most excited for, but we saved that like till the end. And then it was like five o'clock and we couldn't even go through there. And I was, it's pretty, pretty bummed. What was your favorite thing you did see at the zoo? Um, I really liked seeing the manatees because hmm. they were just chilling. Stubby, the big one. Yep. We got her from SeaWorld 20 years ago. Yeah. She has a form of AIDS. Oh really? Yeah, actually. She looked <laughs> That's why she has white spotches. Yeah. Okay cut up fan and everything and like cut up flopper yeah i like seeing that um i also we caught a glimpse of the okapi uh, oh yeah like just like through the through the fence though because we were gonna see that when we went through a different area but didn't and then it was cool seeing the elephants mm. um, big hank, was, hank was grabbing some straw out of his like the big balls that are hanging up the interesting thing about the okapi is um that was the last large mammal that we discovered in the 20th century because it, it was so it was such a reclusive and rare animal that lived in the depths of the Congo jungle mm. that they called it the unicorn of the Congo because no one could actually find it or prove that it was alive. Yeah. Um, and it's the last big thing that we kind of found, and it was less than 100 years ago. So we don't know a lot about them yeah. uh, other than and they're closely related giraffes. Yeah, and it's pretty neat too, like just like its color patterns and everything, like the hind legs are like a zebra stripe. And... Yeah, it looks so unique. Yeah. And and the interesting thing about dinosaurs is is they're most closely related to birds. Yeah. Like they're they're like warm blooded or also known as endotherms. Um they had bird dinosaurs had feathers, we know that now. Um 
But I look at like a, a turkey or a chicken, I think that was yeah. good friends with a T-Rex from a, <laughs> a genealogical perspective. Yeah, it's like, man, it really went downhill. <laughs> yeah, right? And then like they're just kind of dinosaurs adapted to flight because pterosaurs were actually flying reptiles, not dinosaurs. That's another misconception. Oh, really? So then they shouldn't have been on the uh, animated TV show Dinosaur Train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was that one of the dinosaurs on the dinosaur train? Yeah, it was a pteranodon was um one of the like main characters on the show. Did you ever play um Pokemon Sapphire or not Sapphire, Pokemon Emerald or I did not. No, it was uh, what's the Pokemon Red? I'm blanking on the name. The red one with Charizard on the cover. Anyway, you could like regenerate a Pokemon dinosaur. Um so you, there's one that looked like a troglobite, and there's one that looked like a, a pterosaur. Huh. Um, and it was really sweet. I guess I guess most of the video games are just based on, like <laughs> dinosaur movies and yeah. stuff. But another big thing that I was going to bring up um, that involves dinosaurs also involves a lot of other things, but museums. <gasps> I honestly love museums, especially – I mean, we've got one right here, the Orton Hall Museum. That Crilophosaurus, the, the Arctic yeah. Circle Dinosaur. Yeah, with the um, and then there's the library right there. That's one of my favorite places to study on campus too. Like, if I'm not trying to do like a serious like get ready for a test, I'll go somewhere else. But like, if I'm just like if I've got things to read or stuff like that, I'll definitely go hang out in the Orton Hall library, and then I'll wander through the um the fossil exhibits and see the dinosaur skeleton and so everything. So cool. Then they got um, they've got the Dunkley Dunkley uh. Dunkleosteus. Dunkleosteus. Yeah, that, the giant. Uh, you see the Permian or Devonian fish. You probably see it. It's like this massive mouth fish. It's yeah. so cool. And then they've got the um, the giant sloth in there too. Oh like yeah, the, the giant ground sloth. Yeah. yeah. And then the um, what is it? The, like the the giant like armadillo looking one. I yeah, can't yeah. I can't remember I what the name the, of the, that. Glyptodons or something. Yeah, that's probably what it is. But it, that's so cool. And even all like everything they have in there. There's so much cool stuff around campus. So if you're a young person looking to find things around Ohio State campus, go check it out. And maybe we, since we plug a lot of classes on here, Andrew, <laughs> what's the name of your dinosaur class? That you're it's in? called uh, Dynamics of Dinosaurs. Um, it's taught through the Ecology, Evolution, and Organismal Biology Department. And Dr. Erin Lindstedt is wonderful. So I would recommend it. She's yeah. like teaching half my classes this semester. So yeah, while your while your uh, scheduling windows are about to open up, maybe put some of those in there. <laughs> Very topical plug. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, I need to schedule still. Yeah, I scheduled already. I didn't didn't really know what I was going to be taking because I only needed three credits of real stuff. So I just took a bunch of whack things. <laughs> like, I'm in I'm in fencing next semester. Okay. I'm in uh, brewing science. So oh, gonna, all right. So yeah, get ready for some. Some fresh craft beers from Lane Avenue. I'm uh, I'm thinking of doing skydiving. I took that one. That one's really fun. Just want to jump out of a plane and survive. Yeah, I almost didn't, but really, you almost no, died. No, oh. <laughs> that was totally fine. I, they they prep you to... really well. Yeah, they they for I apparently didn't pay the tuition for a parachute, so uh, yeah, I had so to find another said, guy in midair. Yeah, and we... just catch on to him like in a spy movie. Yeah, like bonsai. That's called bonsai jumping, where you throw the parachute out and, oh, then, and then chase, chase after. after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's whack. I don't think I would ever do that. Can we just say that the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History is the is the granddaddy of all? Mm, definitely. I've only I've been there once, but I remember that it was super super insane. It was the Titan Bow exhibit when I went. This giant massive snake, Whoa. so cool. Um, 
uh, Dinosuchus, an ancient crocodile that used to eat dinosaurs, was there. I think is Susie the T Rex there? That one of the most complete, or is that I, maybe that's the Field Museum in Chicago? Maybe I don't really remember. I'm not sure. Oh, Chicago, but I'm thinking Chicago Airport has their big um, dinosaur skeleton that sits right there in the airport. <laughs> that's just so funny. Like, I don't. When I think of Chicago, dinosaurs is not something I no closely I think associate. Of bears. Dub bears. I'm going to Chicago next uh, two weekends from now. Really? Mm-hmm. There's I'm apparently excited. this really cool bar by Wrigley Field that you can get a, that you can like practice pitching in. Wow. So that'll be fun. Well, I think we have set up a good foundation to talk about some of our favorite terror uh, dinosaurs, <laughs> terror lizards, we like yeah. to call them. Um, so we will talk about it right after the break. <laughs> Welcome to our newest segment, Where in the World, where TJ is going to pick and point to a random spot on a world map, and we're going to talk about it. He is currently being assisted by our live studio audience. TJ, why don't you go ahead and pick somewhere? All right, here we go. Okay, we are off the coast of Lisbon, Portugal. We are in the middle of the North Atlantic. So the closest thing is... Azores, so the islands of Azores. Oh, the Azores? Oh, the Azores? Is that what it says? Okay, yeah, that's no, the Azores. There's, there's no accent mark. I could not see because it's in the, right in the crease. <laughs> hey, what do we know about the Azores? There's probably a sandals there. Probably a sandals resort. There's a sandals resort everywhere. Let's see. Uh, uh, wow, that's like right, but it's like halfway between the U.S. and Europe. Uh, a little bit closer to Europe, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Definitely closer. Um, it is directly south of Reykjavik, Iceland. Reykjavik. Um, I have flown through Reykjavik before um, on my way to Europe. That was quite exciting. Let me look up some facts about the uh, the Azores. Some 60-second facts about uh, the Azores. They are an autonomous region of the Azores. Uh, they're in the mid-Atlantic, as we pointed out. Dramatic landscapes, fishing villages, green pastures, and hedgerows of blue hydrangeas. Wow. That sounds like a beautiful place. I would love to go. Like a sleepy paradise. Yes. Um, they have red wines and white wines that are brewed in the region. Um, they have their own president, Vasco Cordero. Vasco. <laughs> yep. He won an absolute majority in the Azorian regional election in 2012. So wow. Yeah, they must yeah, wait time. longer than we do for president. Yeah. But... Um, Sounds well, like a beautiful, like a beautiful island nation. Sounds like a beautiful place, and uh, don't, and don't mispronounce it like I did. And our studio audience is super lucky because we we have just paid for all inclusive trips to the Azor oh. Resort, Santos Resort. Thank you. And we were able to do that for our live studio audience because of our avid listeners and our wonderful sponsors. So thank you so much to you. And I hope our live studio audience has a great time in the Azores Sandals Resort. Let's get back to dinosaurs. Welcome back, guys. And before we get into some of our favorite dinosaurs, I think Mr. TJ, Timothy Jack Gamrat, has an ad reading for us this week, week, right, TJ? I do. So I actually have an ad reading and then a shout out to one of our sponsors from a previous episode. So first off, um, we'll get to the shout out. So, Out Our Inn is opening this weekend. 
uh, they slid into my DMs. Well, actually, I slid into theirs. But uh, <laughs> they said, hopefully yeah, by Saturday morning at the latest, Outer Inn will be open. So make sure you guys get in there. Give them your business. Get out. Get in. Get both. And uh, hit them up. It's Bo. Is it Bogo Beers? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. But no, I will probably be there uh, most, if not every single day for the rest of the time I am in college. If they stay open, which they will because... I'll be giving them my money. Um, but for our ad reading today, we've got Mama Francesca Premium Cheeses. Come on down to Mama Francesca Premium Cheeses. Get all your things. They got premium cheese, and they even have crushed red pepper for your pizza. They're distributed by the Cheese Merchants of America, LLC, Bartlett, Illinois. So <laughs> have uh, Mama Francesca Cheeses for all your cheesy goodness needs. That's funny because um, there's this been this Hound Dogs box next to the bathtub for about a week um when Whoa, Sims and that? i got it and and that was just a leftover piece of cheese on our recording table but i i do, I do have to say mama francesca's never done me dirty so nope, it's still here it's still kicking um we'll eat it right up <laughs> yeah we'll eat it right now on, <laughs> on live camera no i'm just kidding well yeah dj thank you for that wonderful ad reading uh mama Francesca, shout out outer in um i feel like it'd be weird to go to a a bar on a Saturday morning. Oh, it's not weird. It's not weird. Oh, on a game day though. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Good call. Buckeye football back this weekend. That's right. We did that too. We, we got did the that. pack. We did everything. Yeah, we got the Pac-12 back. We put pressure on the Big Ten. Uh huh. We. Uh, what was another thing that we did? We, we got. Wait. What there was the one. There was one Blake's more thing. Homecoming. Oh, um, Blake did not win homecoming king, but he was runner up. See, um, we did as that. We would, as we would say, um, and yeah, there's uh, I don't know. We've done a lot. We are we are um, multimedia moguls. We are culture makers, culture and are, movers, and we are game changers. So uh, keep staying tuned in the podcast, <laughs> and thank you guys, and thank you to all our sponsors. And as we said in the podcast before. We're looking at an upgraded tub pretty soon. So maybe you guys will see that um, on our Instagrams. Yeah. DM me at Andrew Mearson. Figure out how to spell it. Yep. Uh, DM me at TJ Gamrad7. You also got to figure that out. Might be a little bit tough. <laughs> Sounds like we're ending the episode right now. But we haven't <laughs> yeah, even started. But we are not. We are getting into some of our favorite dinosaurs. So we each have a couple that we really like, either based on um, obviously Andrew studying them or just our favorites from when we were little doing research or pop culture, things like that. So, Andrew, I'm going to shoot it over to you. What is your one of your favorite dinosaurs? So, actually, it's 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 really great we're recording this today because this is a brand new favorite dinosaur from lecture today. Oh, okay. Um, so, this dinosaur is known as the Terror of the North, and Ooh. it was a Arctic Circle Canadian Tyrannosaurid that lived in the snow. So, that's a it's um for those of you don't know that's a that's um in the t-rex family so these large small-armed charismatic theropod dinosaurs charismatic uh, <laughs> and it was called nanuxaurus so it's got this really cool uh canadian aboriginal name um thing was massive too and it would hunt dinosaurs under the lights of the northern light or under the uh glow of the northern lights that sounds pretty intense yeah it was uh and, and we think it was feathered um, and it had white feathers to blend in with the snow, we think. So this thing was just a veritable mm -hmm. killing machine. Uh, imagine Indominus Rex, but uh, in Alberta, Canada, pretty much. Huh. Arctic Circle. 
It's um, got the, the maybe it looked more like a giant Canadian goose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I, I kind of imagine. Um, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Puss in Boots, the the giant the egg laying the giant egg laying goose that they can capture mm. look like that. I don't think so. I don't think I've seen that. It's a pretty forgettable movie anyway. <laughs> I watched it after prom senior year. Ooh, what a, it was like what a great prom after party. Um, but yeah, this this dinosaur is really cool. Um, we're sort of reimagining how we think about dinosaurs that they could live in snowy climates. You know, we think of like Jurassic Park jungles, savanna. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's because we just relate them to modern day. Most birds and reptiles live in those kind of like equatorial places. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's sort of in the image presented in pop culture. Um, but yeah, my first book pick is a uh, Nanosaurus. Nice. Well, I'm going to go with, um, for my first pick Ankylosaurus just really is like a Ooh, wrecking ball of a dinosaur, just completely armor plated, um, big, huge club at the end of its tail. I love that one because honestly, you can't really mess with it. It seems no. like it's like a, it's kind of a, like a, like a turtle or a tortoise, but can actually move and defend itself yeah so that's i have to say that's one of my top dinosaurs it has a uh, parts of its skeleton fused um to make it like this just veritable like tank literal tank yeah like, like almost like indestructible <laughs> and it's so funny ankylosaurus remains are so tough and it, the dinosaur was so tough that we have like incredibly well-preserved remains um to the fact that like we can see scales and all this incredible detail um wow. but actually <coughs> um and Calosauruses kind of came from the Stegosaurus lineage, so that would make sense. Stegosauruses were these, as you know, they had they had the they were the ones with the spiked tails and the frills. Um, yep, the big and, dinner plates on their back. Yeah, and they had a common ancestor with um, um, in Calosauruses, and Calosauruses just kind of took that to the insane, like the steroids. Like <laughs> this thing is you like I don't. If I were a T Rex, I'd be like, how, "How do I kill this thing? Like, I flip yeah. it over? Do I chew its head? I don't, I don't know." Like, yeah, it's I like feel like that would be like the probably like the defensive tackle of a, of the dinosaur family. Oh, totally. Yeah, no defensive line. Um, I'm not going to use more football terms and embarrass myself, but <laughs> yes, whatever you said, that thing was not getting taken down by any punk velociraptor. No. Fun fact: Velociraptors actually were uh, the size of chickens and feathered, so. They were not really They're not as menacing as Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park would have. makes them out to be. Yeah. Glorifies them. Which kind of uh, makes it a little sad. Yeah. Um, but for my next pick, um, I'm going to go with um, the largest dinosaur that ever list existed. And, and possibly the largest land mammal. It's sort of, uh, or the largest animal that's ever lived. It's sort of between this and the blue whale. It's called Argentinosaurus. Um, it was a sauropod long neck dinosaur. That was 190 feet long. Wow. Um, so this thing was massive. And if you see, if you look up an image of it and compare it to an elephant, it is just a joke. Like yeah. it could like, it could step on, it could step on a, an elephant like a rubber ducky. <laughs> like this thing was massive. Um, I think it was discovered in Argentina, um, but it was this massive, huge um, sauropod. That's actually funny because I was going to bring that up um, in relation to my next favorite dinosaur. So those are, um, estimates of how, how large that was, but the largest verif like that we can m accurately measure the largest dinosaur is called Dreadnoughtus, which think of that name. Like that sounds oh, wait, amazing. Did you, did you look up largest dinosaur and then it, it came up on the thing? 
Yes. It so came up on um, Google. Well, because like I I knew that the Argentinosaurus was the biggest, but then did some uh more digging into like big dinosaurs and turns out Dreadnoughtus is it was only like eighty-five to ninety-ish feet long, but it was the um the biggest one that can be like accurately measured. But I would assume that the Argentinosaurus, even though it is an estimate, is like I feel like the estimate is probably only within like 10 feet of like 190 feet like uh, okay that's so that's why it so is it's a bit it's a little contentious right now yeah but i wouldn't the say that tampion yeah i wouldn't say that dreadnoughtus is anywhere near as large but it's like the largest that we can accurately measure at this moment okay interesting yeah because we don't like with a lot of sauropods we don't we might have like a section of its tail and like we can extrapolate size from that based mm-hmm. on that um but yeah, it was Dreadnoughtus your next pick? That was my next pick. So that's what I was going to bring up. Hmm. I was glad you brought up Argentinosaurus. And Dude. I just like the name Dreadnoughtus. Like that sounds yeah, like. Yeah, Dreadnought. Like, yeah, it sounds like a ship. Yeah, like uh, like I think of like Star Wars or something. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm just associating that with the bad uh, sequels. But Maybe. I don't really know. <laughs> next pick. I've got to go with uh, Pachycephalosaurus. Uh, so as you might. If you can imagine, it's the dinosaur that would headbutt. Um, oh, yes. So uh, we think that that was a way for males to compete for mates, was was headbutting each other. Um, and what's interesting is, for those of you who don't know this about paleontology, um, there's a sort of a bias in the, in the fossils that we find or the type of dinosaurs that preserve. So oftentimes the dinosaurs that we'll preserve were ones that lived in the lowlands near sources of water because... Uh, they can permineralize and, and preserve easier. Whereas dinosaurs that lived in highlands or dry climates, we probably will ne- there's a chance that no fossils ever formed, that there's tons of hundreds of dinosaurs that live in different habitats that we'll never know about. Wow. Um, but what's interesting is that Apache Cephalosaurus was a highland dry area dinosaur, but its head was so friggin' hard <laughs> that it preserved. Yeah. It's so dense that it preserved. Like, it looks like a uh, like a middle aged man. It's got the head like a middle aged man at a bowling a balding middle aged man at a bowling alley. Um, these <laughs> things. His head was probably even more dense than a bowling ball. Yeah, exactly. No, seriously, like these things could would could kill each other by competing for mates and ramming into each other. Um, and I remember I used to write a lot about Pachycephalosaurus in the Daily Dino, my uh, old recurring newspaper. Uh, uh, so, yeah embracing all forms of multimedia mogul and the fact that i used to have run a newspaper yeah we're really branching out we should we should make a newspaper for this podcast put it in the called the the bathtub daily (laughs) (laughs) the daily the daily scrub i need pictures of (laughs) spider-man he's a menace then for my last one um another one that has a interesting head um i had to make sure i knew how to say it correctly but it's um parasaurolophus so I don't know if you remember that one, but that's the one that has like it's like it seems like a big horn on its head, but it's like they blow air through it and it makes this whistling noise. Whoa! Yeah, so that's one of my favorite dinosaurs, just because like it's so interesting and like the way that they would communicate wouldn't be like a regular like roar or a like a grunt or whatever like uh-huh. a dinosaur would do, but it was like air would blow through that big kind mm-hmm. of like trumpet and it would be broadcast like as like a whistling or like a horn sound so that's one of my top dinosaurs i um this is not i don't know if this is cheating i'm just gonna say it. so this is not technically a dinosaur 
Um, but we associate it's an aquatic reptile. But I gotta go next pick Mosasaurus. Um uh, great one. It's even hard to describe because it doesn't look like anything else. Um it's like kind of like this like monster dolphin with yeah with, with a crocodile's face. Say, yeah, crocodile face. And it was it was the apex predator of the Jurassic Oceans. Um this thing was massive. It was a deadly predator. Um we um we don't know a lot about it because you know it's hard to like regenerate aquatic um ecosystems and kind of extrapolate behavior based on that but this thing makes megalodon look like uh a goldfish in a, <laughs> at, a, at a kid's at a kid's birthday party yeah like, but this not thing. not the megalodon from the movie the meg starring jason statham wasn't um <laughs> wasn't uh jason uh What's his name? Rain Wilson in that too. The guy he plays Dwight in the office. Yeah, I think he was in that. I don't know though. We'd have to ask um our friend Logan. Yeah, he's our movie consultant. Yeah. I yeah, that just looked like just like another cheesy blockbuster action like yeah. thriller movie. I feel like that's what a lot of things are. But this but yeah, Mosasaurus. That's a great pick. Also known for eating the like I mentioned earlier, eating the Indominus Rex right when Chris Pratt needed to survive a scene. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> some good plot armor. Yeah. Pterodactyls actually aren't dinosaurs either. They're also flying reptiles. Yeah, you Quetzalcoatl earlier. Quetzalcoatl um was probably the largest pterosaur that ever lived. It had this huge wingspan. Um bad radio, but I'm gonna look up its wingspan right now. <laughs> hey, uh Charlie, why don't you bring that up on screen over there? Yeah, could you pull that up, Jesse? Or Charlie, <laughs> I mean. Um, cool. Um, Quetzalcoatl, wingspan. Yep, right now. 36 feet. Wow. Wow, so what, that's like six LeBrons. <laughs> yeah. That's like a, Under six LeBrons, but. Yeah. That's like that's pretty. That's like a school bus. Isn't a school bus? A school bus is maybe about 40. Yeah, but yeah, still, that's probably like a school bus. That bus. thing is huge. So I, I was Dang. always fascinated by it. Can you imagine that thing yeah. flying around it's like Thunderbird? An, like an albatross. Yeah. Of today, but like way bigger. Yeah, no, I, I just I, I I think that must have just filled up the entire sky with its presence. Yeah. Yeah, I um kind of like the uh the Goodyear blimp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fly over comes. an Ohio State game. Oh Go man. Bucks. Um I guess some honorable mentions. Uh, this is another one. This is another. I, I think Arctic dinosaurs are really cool. It's called Patchy Rhinosaurus. So it was this. Uh, imagine a Triceratops, but like kind of like covered in feathers and woolly almost. Hmm. Um, didn't have hair, but yeah. um, like like basically like a woolly a woolly Triceratops, Triceratops that like so lived like, in the uh, snow. So like it would, ha- it would that would be like kind of like it would have those like warm dense under feathers like a goose would yeah yeah exactly yeah something like that um but yeah i, I just think these like i think the northern dino like i think the arctic dinosaurs are so cool that um, is pretty cool because people don't often think of dinosaurs like near the poles just because they're like oh it would be like a lizard it wouldn't survive yeah exactly um which they are dinosaurs are warm-blooded um or endothermic if we want to use a very sciencey word uh, yes. um another one spinosaurus um Spinosaurus, good one. Uh, I was gonna say that that has a strong presence in Jurassic Park three. Um, other one, Dilophosaurus. Uh, didn't spit venom, but yeah. still really cool. The flaring out of the neck <laughs> kills Newman from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. They um actually they discovered that uh, Spinosaurus um might have been fully aquatic. 
Um, really so, fully aquatic. Yeah. So there's some new there's some new evidence that's surfacing that it, it had more and more of a probably aquatic lifestyle. Um, kind of like kind of lived like a crocodile almost. Um, okay. But yeah, it had the sail. Um, Might have been used for balance or swimming. Um, kind of like the keel of a ship. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah. That's probably, yeah, that's probably my honorable mention. You got anything else? Um, trying to think of any more honorable mentions. Um, I guess I would throw Stegosaurus as an honorable mention. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, obviously, T-Rex, obviously T-Rex is terror. a high honorable mention. Like, I feel like. The King Lizard. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's super overhyped. I mean, maybe yeah, not even overhyped, cooler. but like, I feel like putting that into like a top dinosaur ranking is almost just like. A must. Um, it's a must. Bec- and like, but for not, but for having like, you know, like your favorite dinosaurs, like it's kind of like, oh, do you know any other dinosaurs besides a T Rex? Yeah. Because I feel like everybody who has ever existed, I mean, in the time that we know dinosaurs, knows okay, about a T Rex. Yeah, and, and and there's even bigger versions of T Rex, like uh, Gigantosaurus. It's called Gigantosaurus. Like this yeah. thing was huge. Um, I don't know. I guess. Maybe if we want to go on a little bit of the Ice Age, Smilodons, saber-toothed cats, mm. who which didn't ever live with woolly mammoths. <laughs> as, uh, as they the lived movie in South Ice America. Have you believe. <laughs> yeah, Manny and Diego were never friends in real life. Um, yep, sorry to burst your bubble there. They um, Manny would have lived with, or Diego would have lived with Sid because ground sloths were in South America, but and then he would have eaten Sid. And there were uh, terror birds down there too. The, like we talk a lot about dinosaur world being crazy, but the big mammal world is crazy too. I bet the megafauna world is insane. And like early humans encountering like woolly mammoths. Um, there's this giant. Um, there was this Komodo dragon, pretty much the size of a cool school bus, called Megalania that ancient al- aboriginals would have encountered and and fought and Man. like fought with. Uh, New Zealanders, the moa, the ten foot tall. Um, yeah. Because yeah, because I think New Zealand was one of the last colonized places on Earth. Uh, like uh, anthropologists called it like the last Eden because it was like untouched by man for well until like 1000 AD. Um, and the first Maori people got there and there was like the Moas, this 10 foot tall ostrich. There yeah. was the host Eagle, this massive Eagle that would hunt the giant ostriches <laughs> that like was out of some Hitchcock horror film. Yeah. Um, yeah. It must've been a scary place to be an early human. Oh, I bet. I mean, I would, if I had a if I had a time machine, I would like to go back and just see it, but I would not want to stay there. No, <laughs> no, cave bears, wars with other uh, wars with Neanderthals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's just even even some stuff that like died out not too long ago. It was like pretty scary. Yeah, like um, yeah, like the elephant bird in Madagascar. This thing was huge. Um, a lot of big birds. Yeah, dinosaurs kind of survived, but uh, yeah. Oh man, that must have been a scary planet. Yeah, but we need to uh, we need to keep things from going extinct that we have now, because even though some things might be scary, we got to keep them around. You're right. That is why you should another ad. You should donate to the uh, save the what do we want to save? I'm the endangered species. Great Barrier guy. Reefs. Great Barrier Reef is a good Great one. Is a good one. We uh, had a depressing segment about coral reef extinction. Um, what am I thinking of? Snow leopards. Snow leopards doesn't need Even a lot like of help. World Wildlife Fund. Yeah, WWF. They do a lot of great work. Um, palace cats. I don't know why I'm thinking of of Russian slash Eastern Eastern yeah. big cats. Um, just and just like 
environmentally conscious spending, consuming, um, living. Like obviously, uh, big corporations can be a big issue um, with that, but like we can do as much as we can to save the environment, keeping things from going extinct. California condor, that's another good one. They're um they actually so this was in the early two thousands. Uh, there was this species called the Pyrenean ibex that went extinct, but then they cloned it and 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 gave got a surrogate mother and it gave birth and the species was unextinct for like an hour and then the baby died. Oh no! <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's keep this stuff around. Uh, white rhinos need a lot of help too. Yeah. Um, a lot of marsupials, um, Tasmanian devil. Tasmanian cool devil koalas. just got reintroduced to mainland Australia after 3,000 years. Really? Of That's not being in so... mainland Australia, which is they're one of the, um, like the top, like predator. Cause Australia doesn't really have like a lot of like big predators. Like they've got dingoes, which uh-huh. are basically just like house dog. I saw a couple of those, like they came right up to us on the beach. Um, no way. when I was there. Yeah. And they're not going to like attack a person, uh-huh. but like, um, Tasmanian devils are one of they're a great help to the ecosystem there. And now that they're getting reintroduced. Um, it's gonna help a lot with the like fox problems. It's gonna help a lot with like overpopulation of like things like rabbits and things like that that really like take that come in and take over like wombat burrows and things like that. Okay. That so the Tasmanian devil will be reintroduced to um help stave off things like foxes and such from taking over the current ecosystem. Cats are a problem too. Yeah. And uh, New Zealand has this predator free New Zealand plan uh, to save like Kiwi birds and some like Kakapo parrots, like flightless birds. Um, Mm -hmm. I always loved seeing the Kiwi at the Columbus zoo. He was always so sheepish and shy, (laughs) Uh, but I love, yeah, I didn't see him when I was there. They're so cute. Well, that sounds like a good wrap. We kind of went the whole gamut there. That was, that was dinosaurs up until the present day. (laughs) Yeah. Whole sweep of uh, ecological history, but uh, conservation, conservation, yeah, save the planet. That's the message of this episode. We're dedicating this to Earth Day. Uh, how many months? Four, six months early, six, yeah. <laughs> half a year early. Um, but yeah, save the planet. Donate never, to the World never Wildlife. Too early Fund. to think about the planet. We are a. We officially support the World Wildlife Foundation. Uh, Bath the pool of questions. You have our support and our listeners. Um, I just roped you guys into that. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening, guys. Um, if you have a topic you want to talk about or come on to talk about, DM us. I just gave yeah. you my Finsta and my Insta. Um, yeah, let us know because we are all ears. We're always down to learn new things and educate our audience members. But uh, thanks for listening. Good night, guys.